Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Dan. If you had a box of crayons. I do have a box of crayons. Okay, perfect. I have a child at home. So, so actually, actually I have a bucket of crayons. Okay. So you know how they they're all have like fancy names like fire truck red and like yeah ruby rouge yeah okay the color of envy is what do you know i'd imagine it's kind of a greenish it's kind of green kind of pukey green yeah yeah because nobody wants to feel envy is that right is it kind of green yeah you know, okay. you're dead on yeah yeah good so green is the color of i don't envy. know why i know that because <laughs> you have a bucket of crayons at home I, like I just don't read into when you started talking about that i was like i remember when i was a kid i would read these names and i was like because you can't just have purple because you've got like 20 no, purples. Too many purples. Uh, it's like light purple, on. lighter purple. That's what, how What's I would purple? name them. Purple <laughs> You're one, like purple, purple one, purple two. two. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is a better system. That That's at least more clear because if I tell you Ruby Rouge or Fire Truck Red. Anyways, the reason we're talking about crayons and colors today is because green is the color of envy. And we're going to talk about the who we look up to through time and space and history as having the most impressive portfolio. And so we're going to indulge our envy for a second and say, mm, that guy, that portfolio, that was a pretty good one. I wish I had it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I got a couple. You got, oh, you got a couple? Well, I have three. Oh, exact. <laughs> okay. You came with three. And, the word, and, and uh, preface this, this isn't necessarily like I look up to X, Y, and Z. I'm sure. just like, ooh, that's impressive for okay. whatever reason. Sure, sure. So Who you got? Let's, let's, let's take them down. Uh, number one, I've got as... Uh, impressive because it's probably not someone you would think of when um, uh, trying to answer this question. Who's got the most impressive portfolio? First one I wrote down was uh, Catholic Church because they, <laughs> they are everything. surprisingly huge property owners. And it's particularly impressive because that's not their core business, well. owning properties, but they own somewhere between five and six billion. I did a bunch of Googling um, and Oh, I'd have to assume be. they've got like no ca- no debt on this. Stuff. No debt, and yeah. I'm sure they don't pay taxes. They don't they pay don't property pay taxes. taxes. That's yeah. how you get that. Religion is a, is a racket. I, I didn't look up Scientology, but that was going to be the other one. I, I didn't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but like Scientology has a bunch. Catholic Church has, um, I want to say it was like, uh, another stat I saw for them was like how many miles of, of, of property they own, which I'm sure just includes land as well, but it was like 200 some thousand miles of yeah, property. Yeah, I would. I would actually bet that five to six billion is low. That sounds, I thought so too. That sounds really low to me. I thought and so I, too. And I'm guessing the church is trying to like suppress those numbers, oh, yeah. right? Because like a couple years ago, the Mormon Church, it was revealed that they had a fund. It was like five hundred billion. Yeah. Well, that was all like all sorts of investments. That was all sorts of stuff. It was like private yeah. equity, but they were doing really well. They were doing incredibly well. <laughs> and one of the big lashbacks of that was like because the Mormons require I think ten percent tithing. It's like why are you guys. Why are you why are you taking my ten percent when you're sitting on five hundred billion? Anyways, that's so a different topic. Triple it. Church is a good one. Um, yeah. Do you got McDonald's on there too? I don't. Okay, McDonald's is another one where sneaky. They're they're really more they're in the real estate game more so than the burger game. That's where the uh, money's at. That's where the money's at. But uh, no, the the person I was thinking of is Logan Rankin. 
we we had Logan on the podcast like 100, 200, 300 episodes ago. That was a really long time, but that's what happens when you do 400 episodes. Um, but we never aired it because literally like five minutes into it, uh, a hailstorm swept through Minneapolis and knocked out the power. Oh, and so we never got yeah. to finish the episode. But oh, I was nice. I was really bummed because and we never followed back up and got it back on the show. But I was bummed because Logan has a really impressive story. He's over in Wisconsin, and I I think last I looked, he has something like fifteen hundred units. But what's interesting about him is he's vertically integrated like us, and he runs his his machine like a machine. It is dialed in. And the most impressive bit is he's never taken a single dollar of outside capital. Mm-hmm. Those units, they're all his. And he's yeah. done it in a relatively short period of time. I want to say like five, six, maybe seven years at the most. Yeah. He hasn't been doing it a long time. That's a really large portfolio to assemble without any outside capital. He was like an exec at Target, so he was doing well. I'm not thinking that he walked away with like multiple, multiple, multiple millions of dollars to invest. So I think that makes it even more impressive. And you also got to remember, um, you said in Wisconsin, the price point in Wisconsin is going to be a little bit different than our price point here in Minneapolis. So the amount of dollars it takes to get 1,500 units in Wisconsin is going to be less than our market. But still, impressive nonetheless. It's a big operation to build in only five years. Yeah, I think I, I've seen him throw out the numbers for the value of his portfolio, and I can't remember what it is. But it's it's in like that low $100 million range, mm. which is impressive having taken no partners, no partners. Yeah. I mean, usually I've, that's not uncommon, but it, it's usually done in maybe more like two decades, not five years. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure at this point, it, maybe when he was on, it was like five years at this point, it's got to be like close to 10. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. 2020. I, I don't know, but he's, he's acquiring at a quick, quick clip. Hmm. He's, he's still crushing it. I, I follow him on Instagram. Good guy. Cool. Good guy to learn from. So that one's a pretty impressive one to me. Yeah. So I'm going to consolidate my next two into one because they're kind of kind of related. Uh, number one, um, or the, the first one of this duo, so to speak, is uh, BlackRock. And I put them down just because the, the sheer magnitude is what's impressive. Like with the church and McDonald's, it's like, oh, yeah, that's actually surprising to learn that that non-real estate entity actually owns a ton of real estate. But BlackRock, that's their game. And I got a number of $117 billion um, I found a few different values for these guys and it's kind of tough to peg down because sometimes people are talking about how much equity they have and how much mm. the properties are worth, that whole asset under management nuance. But what I came uh, to is about 117 billion in uh, asset values so and not equity for BlackRock. And the other one I have here is Sam Zell who sold equity office group, his REIT to BlackRock for about 55.5 billion at pretty much the peak of the market pre-2008. So I put Sam Zell for one just because he executed one of the most perfectly timed transactions in history mm-hmm. and uh, sold that to to BlackRock. Yeah. So. Both, both of those are very impressive in terms of like a size and scale. I think Sam is particularly impressive with his timing of everything. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are, man, those are both, all three of those are really big players. Got the Catholic Church, Sam Zell, BlackRock. Those are big hitters. Yeah, and he didn't know there was going to be a crash. I mean, you listen to enough oh, yeah. interviews and read his book. He just looked at really simple uh, metrics, basically supply and demand. And he was acquiring when supply and demand was such that there was less supply than there uh, was demand. And then when that inverted, he exited. So he didn't know there was going to be a crash. He's just like, oh, there is more supply than there is demand. So I'm going to go ahead and exit. Good timing. It worked. 
One other that I'll throw in, since you went with the really big guys, I'm going to go with a smaller guy. Uh, there's a kid, kid, uh, a gentleman. His name's Wyatt Simon. He's out of Nebraska. I think he's in Omaha. I, I think, yeah, and I think he's a full-grown man. He's a full-grown That's... man. Wyatt is a badass because he's in his mid-20s, and he's acquired around $15 million, I think, is his portfolio. But he got to start with single-family fix and flips, and he still does... A few of those, but then he got into the multifamily game. He's vertically integrated with property management. And I just find it really impressive that he's been able to acquire, like, not the biggest portfolio in the world, but for like a 20 year old, thinking back where I was in my mid 20s, like, he is just so far ahead in the game. I find yeah. it wildly impressive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about some of these guys just killing it uh, at that young age, like where they're going to be when they're like us, like, old almost retired men they're gonna he's gonna like, be crushing give him another decade to catch up it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy i don't think it'll take him a decade to catch up no i mean a decade to get to where we are now in terms of age he's oh, gonna be oh, so yeah, far ahead of where we yeah, are now um and probably maybe even ahead of where we are in a decade so who knows like but i find that i find that really really impressive mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this and you're a young buck you're in your 20s and you're like oh you know it's great to hear about sam zell and you guys and all that awesome stuff but like where is that what's that mean for me there's a lot of young guys like you, guys and gals, who are just crushing it. So yeah, take inspiration for that. That's a very, very good point. It's nice to look at some people that are a little bit more relatable, that are like a few years ahead of you, not, you know, with Zell and BlackRock. I mean, it's hard to even wrap your head around what it would take to get to that level. Yeah, 100, 117 billion is, is from BlackRock. That's a hard number to like yeah. conceptualize. It's just so big. But Yeah, and that's, that's a large entity. Sam Zell is, um, you know, basically... You know, one guy, he's obviously got a lot of, you know, capital that's coming in, so he's running a large organization. But I'd, I'd look at Sam and say that's even more uh, impressive than BlackRock. I think Sam's more impressive yeah. than BlackRock because BlackRock is like an army, whereas yeah. I don't think Sam Zell was ever operating an army of analysts and underwriters. And I think it was always a little bit more of a lean crew, and it was kind of based off of his gut, it seems like, in a lot of ways. So I think so. It's kind of old school like that. Yeah. Anyways, that's going to do it for us, guys and gals. Hopefully, you, uh, you got something, some North Star to, to shoot for now. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like the next Sam Zell or next Wyatt. There you go, Wyatt. If you're listening to this, you've now been compared in the same sentence to Sam Zell. So that's pretty good. That'll do it for us, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.